goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends, to the Friday All Too Soon. It's Friday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here. On WABC Talk Radio 77, New York, 800-848-WABC is the telephone number to reach us. If you would like to be on our program this afternoon, 800-848-9222. So much has transpired in the news, of course, every day. There was a huge fanny stack. We may be able to... uh to wag the fanny a little bit this afternoon, depending on how much time we spend on other things. I know we'll be fannying in the morning, tomorrow morning, for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. we got plenty of time to deal with the fanny on that program tomorrow, in case we can't give the fanny its full justice today. And we like giving the fanny its full justice, by the way. Yes, the fanny pack. The fanny stack is ready to go. Um... There is, what am I hearing in my ear? I'm hearing all kind of noise from the studio. There we are, from the control room. Okay. Last night, the state of Alabama had an execution. In the months and days leading up to this particular execution, there was a lot of humph, 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 you can't do that, humph, this is terrible. It's going to be a disaster. Because for the first time in perhaps the history of the United States, we don't know if in the history of the world, nitrogen was used as the agent to deliver justice to the murderer who paid for his crimes last night. The European Union today is up in arms. They are demanding that this never happen again. They are chastising the state of Alabama. I, of course, follow this story. I've been following it. I haven't been saying it. I've said nothing about it. But ever since I was a kid, I've had this, this, I don't know what it is. I followed death row cases. I read the book Carl Chessman, the the uh, the killer that was out in California for many years on death row, wrote a book that probably was the beginning of the anti-death row movement in the United States. I read that book cover to cover when I was young. I recently picked it up online and re- read some of it again. I have been both petrified and mortified and horrified by the death penalty since I was a kid. I remember very vividly, I don't remember how old I was because I was young, and an episode of Superman was on. And Superman, Man of Steel, crashes into the death chamber and saves an innocent man right as he's about to be electrocuted in the hot seat. 
but just the imagery of him in the hot seat was enough to send me crying to my mother. Of course, in the intervening years, many of us have followed what has happened in the United States. There are horrific stories about old Sparky, the now retired chair in Florida. Is that the one they used to uh, kill Ted Bundy? That would be the one. Ted Bundy. That would be the one. There are horrific stories that happened a few miles away from, from, from New York City's New York City. If you just go up to Ossining to Sing Sing, as we refer to it, Sing Sing, where New York's, New York's electric chair was for many years. And there were some horror stories that happened in that chair. In fact, one of the first pictures of what happened in an execution with, uh, with uh, electrocution was the Daily News snuck back in the early 19, whatever it was, eight, whatever it was in the 20th century, 1900, they snuck a camera into the death chamber and took a picture of what happened. So what am I getting at? Last night was horrific. Did this guy deserve to die? Absolutely. Murder for hire, took a thousand bucks, killed this innocent woman, stabbed her repeatedly. God knows the terror, the horror that she had, that her family's been enduring. This guy says, of course, now that he's, and I shouldn't say of course, because some people don't repent, but apparently he has repented. He's found the Lord. He's all right with the Lord. He said he's going to go into the walk, into the light, and the, and the love, and, and this is a horrible step backwards. But last night was a 22-minute execution. The guy, you know, apparently there's a long story about it from a witness from the Daily Mail. And I am not against, once more, I am not against capital punishment. I am, however, very much opposed to the way that capital punishment is administered in the United States. If you're in, if you're in California, you have a governor out there that can just take some of the most horrific, heinous criminals on earth and say, oops, Never mind what the jury said. I'm not going to honor the death penalty. We'll just let him sit around in life. In California, the only guy, I think they had two executions in the last 20 or 30. One of the only guys they killed, of course, they got Snooky, black guy. Yeah, they didn't mind taking him out, but you had all these notorious criminals, including Polly Class, killer, all these guys. They, and, and, and Newsom just says, okay, let him live. And in other states where Democrats are, they do the same thing, and then they drag it out. If you're in Texas, not so much. If you're in Oklahoma, not so much. They will strap your ass to the, and put that little pesky needle in your vein. And that led to what is happening now, the pesky little needle. Because liberals got upset. We don't like them giving the pesky little needle to, to harden, ugly, murderous, rapist, venom, scandalous, demonic criminals. We don't like that. So let's protest the companies that are supplying the drugs. So they did that. And then all the drugs dried up. And so now these states have to look for other ways to get rid of the criminals because the liberals were very successful in demonizing the drug companies 
that provided the drugs that helped people transition out of their bad behavior life. And that leads to nitrogen. And then when they say, oh, we got something new, nitrogen, oh, you can't do that. And they did it. And it was terrible. The guy apparently was trying to bust out of the restraints on the table. He's doing all this and that. The witnesses watching him, oh, my gosh, it's terrible. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Well, number one, I wouldn't want to be a witness at one of these things anyway. Because no matter what happens, you're never going to forget it. I have a dear friend who is a, a, a female, a reporter, very dear friend, who was a regular witness in Tejas. She was a reporter in Tejas back when they were taking out 30, 40 people a year. And so as part of her job, she was required to go to witness these things. And she tells me she's scarred for life. It has made her a total anti-death penalty person from what she's seen. I understand that. I wouldn't want to see that either. But for the life of me, I don't get, we live in the highest tech society in the world. You could put two or three guys from Google together with a few guys from TikTok together with a few guys from Meta and a few guys from the commie Soviet Union together in a room and say, hey, develop some software that would point and shoot a gun at somebody based on their profile without a human being involved and take them out. And 15, 20, 30 minutes later, they'd be, they'd have the software ready, put it there, get the stuff together, ready, aim, fire, buy, done, not 22 minutes of agony. We had the best humanity had, not we. I've never participated in an execution. Wouldn't want to be in one. I know people get mad sometimes. They say, oh, I wish I could be the one to pull the child. Hell no, not me. I don't ever want that on my hands and my conscience. I don't care how heinous the person is, but it's a dirty job. Somebody's got to do it. And if the state does it and it's a fair sentence for what they've done, okay. But there has got to be a way to do this quickly, humanely. We had the way. Ready, aim, fire. Goodbye. You don't even need humans to do that anymore. It could all be done with technology. Or you could go the scientific approach. Like they have all those shows, you know, the science fiction shows, where the guy says, okay, First brother, second brother, elder brother, whatever it is, time for you to walk into light and, and eliminate yourself. I forgot the name of that show. It's one of those science fiction shows. The guy gets all dressed up in a fancy robe. They have lots of lights, camera action. He walks in a little thing, and all of a sudden, zap, gone, evaporated, disintegrated, gone, two seconds. No fuss, no muss, no pain, no cleanup. Foundation, that's, thank you, TJ, that's the name of that science fiction, the foundation. They wipe people out, they just walk into the light, zap, they're gone. It's like a high-intensity bug zapper, except it's for humans. There has got to be a way to stop this business. Why does it take almost a half an hour to execute somebody in the United States of America? Here we are in the 21st century. It is horrible. It's horrible. And again, um, don't you dare call here and say, James, you know, you sound like one of these liberals that doesn't like you. I'm not saying stop the death penalty. I'm saying, number one, it should be applied fairly. 
It should be applied fairly and consistently. But for goodness sake, what happened in Alabama last night was horrible. So that I just want to get that off my chest. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. Now, there's a lot of immigration news out here today, too. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson said that the Senate deal, this immigration deal that nobody seems to know what's in the package, is dead on arrival in the House. And already the Democrat Party's blaming Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't want this deal, and therefore nobody on the Republican side, these people are going in for it. How horrible, how horrible. Wall Street Journal wrote an editorial today. Oh, 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 Republicans might not pass this, this immigration deal. And they're all crying and moaning about it. I don't care if they pass this immigration deal. We don't need this deal. What we need to do is stop the invasion at the border, period. And this is not, we are not going to get anything from the United States Senate written up this quickly in order to appease giving money to Ukraine that is going to satisfy the problems at the border that Democrats will pass. I guarantee you that. So right on, right on, Mike Johnson. We don't even know what's in the deal. That's one of the things that the uh, Wall Street Journal editorial talks about. They don't even know what's in the deal. Well, you don't know what's in the deal either. So why should Republicans feel compelled to pass it? Why should any of us want to pass it? Another story today, half of U.S. governors side with Texas. They say Joe Biden is leaving this country open to invasion, and Texas governor is right. What do you say? And another move, this story is on Fox today, GOP lawmaker moves to defund sanctuary cities, slams hypocrisy as they seek federal aid for migrants. Yeah, this guy's name is August Fluger. He's in Texas. Any jurisdiction that blocks federal immigration enforcement would be ineligible for a range of federal law enforcement grants if he gets his way. That's the bill that he's offered up. Pretty much defund these, defund these sanctuary cities as long as they continue to take sanctuary, sanctuary positions. There's another big story today, L.A. Times. I subscribe to that so you don't have to pay your money reading that drivel. I read the drivel in that for you. Citing risk, UC won't hire its immigrant students without legal status and work permits. Here's the deal. There was a move afoot, in the, and the University of California is a huge university system, probably one of the biggest in the country, if not the biggest. Anyway, they had put forth a plan to hire DACA students and other illegal immigrant students, and finally somebody in there saw the light. The president of UC, Michael Drake, told the Board of Regents that he's not going to recommend doing that because it would open up the, the, um, the university system. It would open up students to being deported. Employees could say, face uh, civil and criminal prosecution if they knowingly participate in hiring illegal immigrants. And the university could lose federal contracts and grants the money. They could lose money if they did it. 
Now, the DACA kids, the illegal immigrant crowd, are ticked off. They thought they had a freebie here. So those are the few stories from the uh, immigration stack. The fanny pack stack is huge. We got stuff to do. WABC Talk Radio 77. Delphonics, take us in. When we come back, we'll have more. Keep it right here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Stay with us. Weekdays on 77 WABC. You can hear my reports, Positively Ernie, weekdays 945 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. It's how to make life better with positive news you can use. Listen weekdays with Sid and Friends in the morning at 945 a.m. and with America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani, 3.30 p.m. Ernie Anastas, bringing you good issues with a positive spin. Ernie Anastas is ready to begin a new chapter. On 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Elton John and Kiki D. On WABC, Talk Radio 77. The Spinners on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are the crown jewel of American radio. On WABC Talk Radio 77, Most Nerdless Rush Hour. This won a Grammy Award. It is still one of the most recognizable songs in the world. You make me feel. Brand new. All of these songs and so many others have one thing in common. 
Tom Bell. American record producer, arranger, songwriter, one of the instrumental creators of what became known as the Sound of Philadelphia. There are more, Johnny Mathis, Billy Paul, so many others. We are fortunate to have with us one of my friends who is so blessed because he gets to do in life what he loves to do, and that is play music. And he's also blessed because he had a chance to work with Tom Bell, whose heavenly birthday is today. Tom left us in, on the 22nd of December, back in 2022. And my good friend Ed Shea worked with Tom Bell Tell me you're on at least one of these records that we played or some of them. <laughs> you oh, played yeah. on so many I, records. Yeah, and, uh, well, thanks for the back for the invite, James. And, yes, Tom, uh, I came on the scene a little later after that. My first meeting with Tom, I was actually living in Brigantine, New Jersey. I was putting in for my union card at Atlantic City for this great gambling mecca of the East, and I get a call from Don Ronaldo who was the contractor at Sigma Sound. He goes, Eddie, Eddie, I need you at Sigma Sound. And you better be good. It's a Tom Bell session. I thought, oh, my God. So the album was something called Identify Yourself with Sing a Happy Song on it. And I did two cuts for Tom that day. James, I was so green, I actually brought my own timpani in my Plymouth station wagon. I didn't even know, have enough sense to call the, the rental in, in Philadelphia. There was a marimba there, and that was my first meeting with Tom. He couldn't have been nicer. He wrote a marimba part in the bass clef, and he kept apologizing. I said, Tom, no problem. I can read both clefs. And from there, we were up and running with Denise Williams and Lou Rawls. And, and the stylistics, that tune you just played, you make me feel brand new. You know, that was written by with Tom Bell and Linda Creed. And Tom's brother, Tony Bell, also contributed to that record. Now, Tony did that film session I told you about in our last interview with the Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, where we had all these artists, the Jacksons, Phyllis Hyman. Uh, The list went on and on. Well, Tony played guitar on those five days of the session in Philadelphia. He was a wonderful guy. And, you know, Tom came from a big family. He had 10 brothers and sisters. And a lot of people don't realize he was actually born in Kingston, Jamaica. So his, then his mom and dad migrated to Philadelphia. His father owned a fish market, and Tom used to work at the fish market. And I told you, when he went to audition for the Philadelphia Musical Academy, oddly enough, they turned him down. They said he wasn't qualified. So, you know, so Tom was kicking around in Philadelphia, and he started working at Cameo Parkway Records. And, you know, the Tom at one time was the musical director for Chubby Checker. So when Chubby Checker started touring, Tom Bell was his MD. Wow. And Tom started writing, you know, La La Means I Love You. And then the Delphonics, there was a fella in the Delphonics by the name of Ronnie Kane. And he was very friendly with Linda Creed. And Linda kept bugging Ronnie, you got to get through to Tom. You got to blah, 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 have all this poetry I've written. And she did write a couple tunes. Tom wasn't interested in poetry, but he said to Ronnie, okay, let me meet this woman. So here comes this nice Jewish girl from suburban Philadelphia. She's about 20-some years old. They hit it off, and from there, it was magic. You know, they wrote so many hits. Now, their first thing that they had actually recorded was by Dusty Springfield, 
called I Want to Be a Free Girl. But their first real big hit that they did get uh, together was, uh, I think it was Bet You By Golly Wow was the first thing. Bet You By Golly Wow. Really hit with. And poor Linda, she died a very young woman of breast cancer, 37 or 38 years old. So the association (laughs) with Tom and Linda was very short-lived. But, you know, uh, Tom used to tell me when he would go to award shows or up in New York for whatever with with, – Linda, people thought that they were an item, and they would sort of laugh it off. You know, they thought, oh, here's Tom with this nice, young, white, suburban girl. But, you know, Tom was happily married, uh, and it was just a great association. And, of course, Linda Creed, through her suffering with the breast cancer, probably wrote one of the greatest tunes in the world, uh, The Greatest Love of All. The Greatest Love of All, yes. Yeah, so... She wrote that in the throes of her going through that terrible, terrible time. But, yeah, but they, they, the first thing was with Dusty Springfield. And then, you know, Gamble and Huff, you know, Tom was an arranger, Philly International. But, of course, the big thing was Tom. And he called me. He says, Mr. O'Shea, because I told you before, he used to call me O'Shea. He says, the money's in publishing. So that's when they formed Mighty Three. The Mighty Three. Right, yeah. Mighty Free and, Music. And, you know, James, the last time I talked to you, I left out some of the sidemen. I mean, I mentioned Charles Collins and Larry Washington, but there was another great, Bobby Eli, of course, who wrote tunes for Blue Magic. Uh, Bill Neal was one of Tom's sidemen, and you can hear Bill Neal uh, on the tune Sad Eyes, that great Robert John tune, that big power rock ballad. That's Bill playing that big guitar solo. Bill went out to California. He was very successful in doing episodic TV like uh, Fantasy Island and Remington Steel. Another guy who did it when we did a Lou Rawls album or Denise Williams when we did the Nisi album was a guy named George Merrill. Now, you may not know that name, but if I mention I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston, you go, oh, yeah. Well, George wrote that tune. So George was actually a student of Tom. And Tom took George under his wing, and George and his partner, uh, Shannon Rubicon, wrote that that great tune for Whitney Houston. So, you know, just rubbing shoulders with these guys in the studio. And Bob Babbitt. I didn't mention Bob. Bob did all the Tom Bell dates. You can also hear Bob. I mean, he goes as far back when he lived in Detroit, James. If you remember the tune Cool Jerk. Yes. That's Bob Babbitt. That was his first cool hit jerk. that he had. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. So cool Bob jerk. went on. Yeah, Bob went on to record. Uh, you know, Rainy Night in Georgia with Gladys Knight, Signed, Sealed, and Delivered with Stevie, and uh, like I said, uh, you know, just being around these these guys and having a good time. And I I told you the last time that Tom would pay us all double scale. It was a wonderful time and then in 82 you know after the beatles came out with the revolver album and strawberry fields you know before then a lot of these albums had filler a lot of remakes and covers that was passe but yet in 82 you know we did a cover of going to take a miracle which was by the royal let's originally and that that became a big crossover hit for us that was denise that was denise denise did that yeah, but originally the, the, it was the Royal Letts. Yeah, so that yes, the Royal Letts. I remember the original. We used to. I loved the original when I was a kid, and she right, did. Me too. Yes, yeah. So, growing up in a row home in Philly, 
you know, this is what I would listen to. I, I would watch Bandstand. And another interesting thing I'll tell you about Tom in the studio, of course, when we went into the sound room to listen to the playback, I mean, they had these big monitor speakers hanging in each quarter. I mean, they were as big as like a, a, a VW bug. It was, these are, and do you know what Tom wanted to listen to all the playbacks on? He was, Please he tell was me he listened to them on really small speakers like car speakers. Right. You yes, absolutely right. He would tell Jim Gallagher, the engineer, "Hey, Jimmy." He would always let me hear him on the peewees. He'd always call, "Let me play those on the peewees. Let me hear that back on the." Pee and I would say, "Tom, I mean, with those, why do you want to hear that?" He says, "Mr. O'Shea," he says, "People are on the beach with their radios and Wildwood. People are in their cars, and I want to see what it's going to sound like coming through those tinny little speakers back in the day." So that was his logic, which you hit it right on the head, James. That's what he wanted to do, you know. And uh, and we went on. I did other things for Tom with Teddy Pendergast. And um, now here's an interesting story. Do you know that Teddy was the drummer for Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes? Yes, I do. I do. I remember that. And then I remember when he became the front man with Harold. And right. it was. And at first it was. Uh, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, Teddy took the lead, and then it became Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes featuring Teddy Pendergrass. And that, right. Yep. And you know how that came about. Harold Melvin, they were performing in a club in Puerto Rico, and the guy wanted extra time. Now, Harold, from the word is, like, blew out his chops, and he didn't want to work any longer than he had to. So he said to his backup band, does anybody want to come up and fill time? Well, Teddy came up and sang something. And they knew they were on to something, and uh, that was it. Teddy moved up from the drum chair, and I worked with Teddy in the studio. Perfect gentleman. He looked like he just stepped out of the fashion magazine with the Armani suits. And I just did a couple overdubs. They may have been for Gamble or Huff. But it, it's, uh, it, it's just a, a great scene. And, and, Tom, here's a guy that wasn't accepted to the college. If you listen to the OJs, the introduction to Backstabbers, they must have oh. tried five. You listen to that first eight or 12 bars with the French horn, the strings and the harp and the timpani. It, it's uh, again, I told you on the last interview, they would call Tom Bell, the black Burke Bacharach. Tom had such a beautiful, you know, knowledge of, of the oboe, the English horn, all the classical instruments. And he brought all that into that groovy, you know, silky Philadelphia sound. And that's what made it. Ed, we got to stop it there. I love you, man. You are just the best. I love and you too. I well, listen, <laughs> you know, you can't do this alone. I have a lot of great friends that help me out in the business. You know, Tom, Ben Herman, it goes on and on. So we will take this up again, James. We will continue the stories. I love them. And thank you okay. for sharing us. And God bless Tom Bell on his heavenly birthday. All right. God Coming bless back. you too, James. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Most of rush hour here. That's a nice break for a Friday. We have your calls coming up. We'll do the fanny stuff, the fanny pack, the fanny tomorrow on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza when we can devote enough time to the fanny to, how shall I say, I don't want to say get into the fanny, but, well. You already did. You already said it. It's out. You, I, that. We'll be back.
It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. You know, there's another half of Wham. You all know George Michael. It's fun. It's it's crazy that we we have to remind people that Wham is two people, not just right. one. Right. <laughs> and today's the birthday of the other half of Wham, Andrew Ridgely. There you go. You know whose birthday it also is today, and we cannot forget it. Anita. Anita. I know we have Rapture in there. Yeah, we're going to get to your calls and, and soon. And, and the Fanny. Let me just give you some Fanny news real quick. Yeah, okay, we'll do it coming out. The Georgia State Senate has approved the committee to investigate Fanny. There's also a resolution to impeach Fanny that is uh, that has struck the Georgia legislature. Angry residents, here's another one from the New York Post, demand probe into Fanny. Well, that's not the whole headline, but they want to put a probe in Fanny. They, they, that's angry residents demand probe into D.A. Fanny Willis. That's what it, <laughs> Diego, look at the headline. What does it I say? I see it. I see it. it it's says, so funny. <laughs> it says angry residents demand probe into D.A. Fanny Willis. What kind of probe? It'll it can't be a small probe. It has, it has to, be, to be a big probe. Yeah. <laughs> a deep probe. A deep probe. I guess I don't know. They they want to probe. The, they want to probe Fanny. I mean, I guess we got to do what we got to do in this case. We you got to, I guess you do. So let's go to the telephone. We will have an extensive fanny pack of news tomorrow on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. It starts at 7 a.m. Set your iPhone alarm. Set your reminders to join us for the Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. And there will be a fanny pack. And we will talk about the probe into Fanny and other Fanny news tomorrow. Meanwhile, let us go to the phones and start with Joe in Syosset, New York. Joe, how are you? How how are you? How's everything? Good? Good. Yes. I'd like to talk about I love your show, okay? Thank you. I love it. But i got to disagree with you about the issue with you saying is that the the nitrogen in- injection, okay, of the criminal laying on the table, bouncing around for 20 minutes. It wasn't okay. an injection. They put a face mask over the guy, a full okay. face mask. They All had right. the nitrogen tank next to him, and then they turn on the nitrogen, and they suffocate him with the nitrogen. And the whole thing takes 22 minutes before they declare him sayonara. Okay. What about the victim, the victim who got killed? I agree with you, and that's why I said, the poor woman, this guy stabbed for a $1,000. And by the way, it was a pastor. 
A pastor wanted to get rid of his wife. He hired two people, including this guy. They stabbed this woman multiple times. Lord knows how long it took her to bleed out and die. And it was horrific. So you're absolutely, what about the victim? You're right. I didn't say he didn't deserve to die. I'm just saying, come on, 22 minutes? But you think that's okay? No, but the poor victim suffered. So should the criminal. Ooh. Right. I, ooh. Well, Joe, I, I, I really can't argue with you about that, but let's hear what some other folks have to say, Joe. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Sandra, you're up next. WABC Talk Radio 77. Hi, James. This is a tough call because I, of course, feel very sorry for that woman that got stabbed. But I don't like how this whole case went. He he goes to the jury after what he did, this terrible thing that he did, and they say, okay, you're going to be in prison for life. And that was what – I feel like he was on a roller coaster. So then this judge comes along and he changes the whole thing around, and he says, no, you're getting death. So a year ago, I think they tried the lethal injection. That got botched up. They and couldn't find a learned... vein. They couldn't and find his learned... vein. That's right. And, and now he, they told him he's going to get this new way to die. And, 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 and even his spiritual advisor said, you know, this is something new. And could you imagine... The, the fright that this man had, and I think it, it was it, it was exhibited on the table when they when they killed him. I I don't know if you hear me. Do you hear me, James? I hear you fine. Yes. Oh, good. So so I'm saying this. I'm saying, look, he did the wrong thing, no question. But I'm saying this whole case was botched up. The the original plan was life in prison. Then this judge comes along, and that's why I'm thinking about judges, like with, with even with Donald Trump, all these judges, they have all this authority, that he comes and he changes the, the, um, the fate of this man, and, and, and uh, that's what I'm questioning. How, how, how could you change things like this? The jury said, this is how we want it. He comes along and changes it, and they said in Alabama, from, uh, and, they ch- and they changed that law that judges can't do that anymore. They can't come in and just change something. So that's the part that bothers me the most. And, of course, the way they did it, I, I think that's suffocation. And I, and I, I would like to uh, wonder why. Well, you know, I did learn this morning that witnesses are the ones they want to spare from seeing these horrible things. It's not the person they care about that they're doing this to. It's the people that are witnessing this that they really care about. Because I was going to say, when you have a sick dog and you have to put your dog to sleep, it's done you Look, mainly. veterinarians you. testified to the courts that they wouldn't even consider this a viable way to end the life of an animal. They don't use nitrogen to do it. Right. And they said right. that it is. this is not, you know, again, I am not anti-death penalty. But I just think this thing was horrific. I think it was horrible. <laughs> And I Me think too. that they ought to look at doing this another way. Me too. We got to go. We got to go, my darling Sandra. We got to check in with uh, Lou Dobbs right now. This is from Ms. Churchill, one of America's preeminent songwriters. Her favorite song, one of my favorite songs. And remember, we just gave away tickets for the Doobie Brothers. They're going to be... In New Jersey and New York in August. Tickets went on sale today. Live Nation. 
More of your calls coming up on Bus Nerdly's Rush Hour, WABC. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Today is the birthday of Anita Baker. Amazing vocalist. This is another one that they told you don't have a career. Forget about singing. And then... She showed them. This particular song is one of my favorite. Uh, one of my friends, now in heaven, Gary Glenn, co-wrote this one. Happy birthday, Anita Baker. All right, it's time. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. And we start in Queens, New York, with Alex. Hi, Alex, you're on Rapid Phones. Hi, James. What happened? Are you there? I'm here and I'm listening. Uh, Okay, so what's... Can you hear me? I hear you fine now. What's on your mind? Well, I don't want to sound like the judge, jury, or prosecutor, and I'm definitely not a bleeding heart. I'm only sorry that you can't bring this rat bastard back to life just to kill him again. Okay? Because everybody's... Not everybody. A lot of people, oh, they feel so bad. What about that poor lady? I have two daughters. If anybody ever did anything to my daughter, I would go crazy. So now, this judge who's a hero should be commended. Wow. Okay, Alex. Bring him back so we can do it again. Uh, Let's go to Debbie in Staten Island. You are up next. Bo, I agree with the 17 governors that are supporting Governor Abbott in Texas. We the people could only do so much with protesting. We have to have help from our political people, and I'm happy that they're supporting him because this president is not doing anything about protecting us from the border crisis. And also, Matt Gates and the new Speaker of the House, we need people on the inside to stand up for us, we the people. Love you, Debbie. Thank you. Let us go to Joaquin in Pennsylvania. How are you? Bo, I'd love to comment on the uh, on the execution, but I wrote a uh, song parody on the Fanny. All right, here we go. Uh oh. Put a load on Fanny. Fanny Wilson's Fanny. He put the load on Fanny, and he put the load and got paid. Fanny Willis, A.G. Fanny Willis, said to young prosecutor Nate, "You can have my Fanny, and we'll and we'll get Donald Trump." But wait a minute, Miss Fanny. Not sure if you turn me on. Here's a half a million bucks, boy. Does that increase my charms? You put a load okay, on- I think what we'll do right now is hold the long version until Saturday. Thank you for that. We appreciate it, Joaquin. Creative energy here. Andrew, in New Jersey, you're on Rapid Phones. Hi, Bo. Um, yeah, we're all aware of how, of how against the right the, most of the media is. Well, there's one channel. I don't know if you get um, you get Direct TV or not. I what channel are you talking about? I'm talking about Channel 348. It's called Free Speech TV. 
but it's only free speech if you're a Democrat. It's one oh, of the worst that's... channels in the world. Well, I'm glad you let us know about it. Thank you, Andrew. We appreciate it. Ted in Forest Hills, I believe. How are you, Ted? To say that the uh, atmosphere is 80% nitrogen, but we shouldn't uh, while in the mire. I love when you play I Light My Fire. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yes, it is true. We breathe a combination of nitrogen and oxygen. Not 100% nitrogen. It would kill us, <clears throat> as it did in Alabama. I think Very 100% quickly, uh, oxygen could kill us, too. Yes, it does. That's yeah. why they used it. Yeah. JW, you got to go quick, like 10 seconds. What's up? Hey, Bo, talking music. I worked on a lot of uh, TV uh, award shows that had music in them. One of them was a tribute to Ty Davis, the legendary music producer for Whitney Tell Houston. you what, you give us a buzz tomorrow for the Saturday morning radio extravaganza because I want to know more about your time with those music award shows. We got to go. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, and your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you, ladies and gentlemen. God willing, we're back in the morning. Please set your alarms and join us at 7 a.m. for both nerdly Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Till then, salute to the fanny, and bye. <laughs>